Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That it happened. Whether it's something you did or whether it's something that happened to you, you got to admit it. You, you never move past it until you do. There's two things, there's two warnings I have about this verse. If you want to know where the quicksand is for us today, when I talk about getting stuck, I probably should have said it even stronger. I should have said the quicksand of life that will pull you in, strap you in, and suck the life out of you. And if you get stuck here, you'll be stuck there for a long time. And some of you guys have been there. It's called resentment or regret. And it's like one coin with two different sides to it. And you can very quickly switch between the two. And you will get stuck there. Because as you confess, here's what happens. You're going to feel empowered for the first time. And then what Satan will do is he's going to fight you. Maybe you've had this happen. Don't admit it. Don't say you did it. Don't say it's wrong. Just do it and hide it. And then when you admit it, there will be a little bit of a release where you go, man, for the first time I feel like there's hope. And you'll think it stops with confession. Can I tell you something? That's not true. That's why he says, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can I tell you something? Purifying if, if you want to Google something, Google that. See how they purify something. Not a fun process, is it? <laughs> Don't think, I confessed it and now it's all over. No, I confessed it. That's step one. Now I need to get some help. Now I need to go further with it. I need to get some purification. But where we get stuck is this, is now I just want to relive it over and over and over. And I'll get stuck in it because I resent that or I regret that. I regret it. I'm too bad. I could never be forgiven. I can never move past my past. And Satan, he doesn't want you to admit it. But once you do, he goes, that's great. Keep admitting it and keep getting stuck there and keep living under all that guilt. Right? Anybody ever felt that? Anybody have a church do that to you? You get the idea? Yeah. They didn't do it to you. You allowed them to do it to you. You didn't realize you had the freedom that God is saying, if you confess your sins, I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to help purify you. There's steps. But understand this, I'll help you. Can I tell you something? The flip side of that coin is resentment. Somebody did something against you and you're going to feel so justified and you're going to relive it over and over and over and you've confessed, but you have never went the next step. Never went the next step of, I've got to release this. But that means it didn't happen. No, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just said the first step is that. They may never be sorry for what they did, but if you don't start to release it, you don't start to be able to purge yourself from it. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get stuck there, and you're never going to move past it. And he's saying, let me help you purify from all unrighteousness. Maybe the first thing somebody's got to do today is this. I just need to sit down and be honest for the first time in my life. Not go try to fix things. Not go try to fix everything today. Can I tell you something? If these are the big things, you can't fix them today. There's a reason you can't do this by yourself because you'll do more harm than good if you go out and start confessing things to people you hurt and you don't know what you're doing. You're going to need some help with that. But the first thing you got to do is be honest with yourself. Be honest with God and confess it and let him help you with the next piece of this process so you don't get stuck. The truth is some of us are already stuck there. Is that right? So you got to confess. Here's what you got to do. You got to tell the truth about it. Don't lie about it. Okay? Don't lie about it no more. Don't justify it. Well, the reason why I'm like that, the reason why I hold this grudge, right? The reason why, the reason why I can't get past it is these bad things happen to me. It's always, I have this and, I have this but. You get the idea? Don't do it. Just be honest about it. God, this is where I'm at. What do I do? 
All that anger is going to come out, trust me. It's going to be a process for you, okay? But maybe you could start that today and for the first time be honest if you want to move past your past. I think somebody might have needed that today. Uh, the second thing is this, how to put the past in the past. The second thing is this, learn, learn from it, but don't focus on it. That's, that's kind of hard, right? I mean, it's kind of like the rearview mirror. Learn from it, but don't focus on it. In the book of Hebrews, I'll summarize this just a little bit for you. I, I have the whole section here, and, and we'll, we'll come back to it later. So two, two verses I'd ask you to read this week. One is Philippians chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 12, and it will tell you about the new life you could have in Jesus Christ. And, and you can focus on several areas. There's so much here. But for today, I just want to focus on one part of it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. It says, therefore, I'm surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I'll throw off everything that, that hinders me and the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. What he's saying is life is like a race, not, not, a, not a sprint like a marathon. And when you run a marathon, you know what you do? You get rid of everything you're holding on to. That you, you, don't, you don't carry extra weight, even on your body. You know what I'm saying? You get ready for it, and you toss off everything that's going to hold you back. And that's what he's talking about. And now he's getting ready to tell you how to toss off everything that's back. And he says, if you want to run this race, if you, if you have a faith in Christ, and you want to be able to run the race, he says in, in verse 2, he says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Can you underline that? Fixing your eyes. Fixing, right here. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You get the picture? Jesus was able to do that because he had proper focus. He knew what was coming to him. He knew the pain that he would suffer, but he could do that because he knew what the prize was as well. So he had, his right, he had the right thing focused on. And he's saying, be like him. And then he goes on to say, this is big, and, and we'll get into this another time, but he says that he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when Jesus died and he rose from the dead, he sat down. That means he's not standing. That means his work is done. It means he's complete. And he sits down at the right hand of God. Do you know what that represents? The most powerful place in the entire world. When you talk about the right hand of a king, you're not talking about his physical hand. You're talking about all authority of that king. And we're talking about God Almighty himself. Jesus sits at his right hand in the power seat. And he's looking at you. And they're saying, fix your eyes on him that has all power. Maybe, maybe you needed that. Maybe you needed to learn that because the past is something that is unbelievably difficult to get beyond, isn't it? There are hurts that come. Verse 3 says, consider him who endured opposition from sinners so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Anybody weary, anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired, you go, I'm so sick of my past because it keeps coming back up at the most inopportune times. I think I'm over it. Anybody done that? Anybody rush down here and pray a prayer to God? God saved me as a sinner and he did save me, but the past keeps sucking me back down. Anybody having that happen to you? And you thought you were unique. That's what happens. That's why the Apostle Paul is saying, yeah, I understand. You know what you got to do? You got to change your focus from whatever's going on to God. You got to change it from God to Jesus. And Jesus had a great illustration in the the Bible. You can can read about it sometime, but it was this. Peter and them were out on the the water, and a storm came up, and they were all scared. And then they see Jesus walking on the water, you know? He takes the most funny time to do it. I mean, hurricane force winds blowing all over the water, and Jesus is out there walking on it, you know what I'm saying? And they're scared. They think it's a ghost and all this kind of stuff. And then Peter 
you know, very impulsive. I can relate to him in many ways. Peter walking as he says, well, Lord, let me come out to you. Everybody, everybody heard the story? Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, that's okay. It's really awesome. And so he says, let me come out and walk with you. Anybody want to do that? It's like, yeah, that'd be great. They couldn't believe it. And Jesus said, yeah, well, come on out. And so Peter comes out of the boat, and he's actually walking on the water until he turns, and he sees the storm. You know what I'm talking about? And as he sees the storm, what happens? He starts to sink, and Jesus catches him. And he says, why don't you have faith? Now, Jesus wasn't saying it to be mean. He was saying it to, to refocus Peter. And Peter's answer was normal, right? Why was I scared? The storm that could kill me. Yeah, no, but why are you scared? Because your focus is in the wrong place. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. You want to know how you get past your past? You stop focusing on your past and you start focusing on Jesus. See? That's not easy to do, by the way. You're going to think it is. Anybody hasn't gotten past your past, you know it's not because you've prayed to Jesus, but your past keeps sucking you back in because what you thought was you were going to pray one time and now you're done. And Jesus is saying, the storm ain't never over. See, what you thought was, you thought Jesus would calm your storm. Is that what you thought? Let me tell you something. Jesus don't just calm the storm, he walks on it. Did you know that? Jesus don't just take you out of your circumstances, he walks on your circumstances. Maybe you didn't know that. See, that might be the biggest realization for somebody today, is that you thought Jesus was going to calm the storm in your life, but instead he called you up and said, hey, what are you scared of? I'm here with you. And this storm may dissipate, and he calmed the storm. He showed them he could. And you know what? They feared it again. You want to know why? Because they were focused on the miracle and not on the Lord. Fix your eyes not on the miracle, fix them on Jesus. There's not enough miracles that can take the place of Jesus Christ in your life. It is a relationship with God. So please learn from it, but don't get stuck there. Please learn from it, but don't have your focus there. You can look in the rearview mirror, but you will never have the here and now that God wants you to have. You will never have the future that God wants you to have as long as you're stuck focusing on all the circumstances of life. All the hurts that happen in your life. Now, you you do understand it's going to take a process, right? You do understand that there's some hurts that rip your brain into shreds and you don't know how to get beyond them. And I'm not oversimplifying and say, turn to Jesus and, and it's just, I'm just going to have everything taken care of overnight. But what I want to tell you is this, is what I have learned in the power of the Lord is this, is that yes, he'll release you today and then tomorrow it'll come back on you on it. Can I tell you something about that? He'll be there for you tomorrow too. Because here's what I know about Jesus. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Today's grace is for today. Tomorrow's grace will be there because he's there tomorrow. Can I tell you something about God? He's already there. And he will walk on the thing that you fear the most. I, I, think, I think maybe somebody might need that today. The last one is this, number three. How to put your past in the past. Honor it, but don't enshrine it. I picked that word. <laughs> so let me explain what that word means. Enshrining means this. It means in other countries, a lot of times, they'll have these idols. And I won't mention them by name, but they have idols in all these different countries. We have some here too, but we just don't be as honest with it. But they enshrine them. You know what I'm saying? When you walk on that and you go in these other countries, you have to learn some things. So if you, if you go in a third world country or something and you're walking along and you desecrate one of their sacred places, you, you could be in trouble, Right? And we've seen that even on the news. If you go to certain places where these are supposed to be holy spots, they'll kill you, right? 
Because they've enshrined that. You get the idea? And for you, you go, that's just a piece of land. That's just a pond. That's just a seat. That's just a chair. But to them, it's enshrined. Can I tell you something about the past? We can do that with the past, too. We can do that with people, too, right? Now, now, now this is going to be a hard one, but it's an important one. I, I thought really long and hard about going, should I share this? You know, we're supposed to share the whole counsel of Scripture. Sometimes it's a little edgy, okay? Sometimes Jesus is a little edgy. You know, we like Jesus when he suffered and he died on the cross and he loves us and all that. But some of the things he teaches are very difficult to swallow. And this next one, you could be offended. But, but I just want to say from the onset, if you're offended, please be offended at Jesus, not me, okay? All right. He's, a big, he's big, he can handle it, okay? Luke chapter 9, verse 60, it says this, Jesus said to him, let me, let me explain who this guy is. There's a guy and Jesus said, come follow me. He said, come follow me today. And he said, wait a minute, I, I still got to take care of my parents. Wait a minute, there's still people. I need to stick around here until we buried all the dead that's in my village. I, I, need, I have responsibilities over here. I can't come follow you right now, Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and he said, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now let me tell you what he's saying and what he's not saying. Okay, Let me start with what he's not saying. He has never said not to honor the past. He has never said not to honor your parents. That's not what he's saying here, okay? If you don't believe that, then go read about Jesus up on the cross. And the last thing, we'll talk about that when we come to Mother's Day, where Jesus is hanging on the cross, and as he's hanging on the cross, he looks out and he says, this is my mother, and he looks at his disciple and he goes, don't you forget to take care of her, right? So don't think he doesn't understand about honoring people in your life. The Bible says if you don't take care of your family, you've denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. He he understands that. But what he means is this. He means if you get stuck honoring the past and making the past into a museum and you get stuck enshrining the things of the past or I use this as my crutch, I would serve but I can't because, you know, I've got something wrong with me. You know, I would serve but i got this hurt and this habit and this hang-up that I can't serve God. And he's saying, hey, bury it. Let the dead bury the dead. You're not dead, you're alive. And it's time that you rise up. You see what he's saying? And I know it hurts. I know it's hard. But the truth is, what he's saying is, you're going to have to be ruthless about this. Or else you're never going to get past it. Now, I know it's hard. This part's hard. Because we enshrine the past. This is my hurt, and I'll hang on to it with every last fiber of my being. And let me tell you something. You want to know why I didn't go to church for years? Because when I went there, they said, well, God could help you with your hurt. And I said, you don't know what you're talking about, right? You don't know how bad I'm hurt. You don't know me. You, don't, you, don't, you think you know me? You don't know me. You don't know my situation. You get up there and you live in your nice house and drive your nice car and live in your fancy family and God has blessed you. He ain't blessed me. So keep that stuff, you know what I mean? Until the day I learn, you know what? God did that. And he could take care of that if I didn't enshrine the past. You get it? If I didn't hold on to my hurt as if it was something that I worship. Can I tell you something? I worship my hate. I tell you, there ain't nothing worse than worshiping hate. Because you feel like you're so right and you're so wrong. And it wasn't until I learned to give it up. And he's saying, let the dead bury their own dead. You don't enshrine the past. Don't enshrine your resentment and your hurt. Give it to me. Honor the past. Remember it. I'm not telling you to forget it. I got scars. You think Jesus has forgotten the past? He carries with him for all of eternity nail-pierced hands. 
You think he don't know where the scars came from? But he's saying, don't get stuck there. Don't get stuck in your remorse and your hate and and all those things. Come be with me. Come follow me. That's what he's asking for. There's two things, two areas, and I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. Two areas that you really have to make sure. If you want to be able to do this, I can tell you two areas you've got to work on. Now, now let me be clear. I think I said this before, but I want to be clear. This isn't something that can happen today. Some of you are going to be really offended because you're going, he just told me to get beyond it. No, I said you can. I didn't say what's going to happen today. But here's how the process begins. There's two areas that you really got to look hard at. One is priorities, and the other one is boundaries. And if you don't get these right, you will never, ever, ever get past your past. Because here's what the two mean. Priorities mean you know what you're focused on. And you will be sucked in and you will want to go back to whatever that is. And I have every right to feel that way. And I have every right to resent this. And you'll be nothing but a rant your whole life. Ask me how I know. Right? That's the priorities. You've got to focus on God's priorities. You know what Jesus says about priorities? He says, seek you first God's kingdom, and then all these other things will be added to you. And the disciples are dumbfounded. They're like, what about food? What about all these things? He goes, no, 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 don't worry about any of that stuff. But we could die. Yeah, I know. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Let me ask you a question. You worrying about it, you being mad about it, you having anxiety about it, how many people can add one single day to your life? How many people can add one single inch to your height? He goes, you can't. All that's a waste. You know what you got to do? Focus on God's kingdom and the rest will take care of itself. How do you put the past in the past? You've got to fix your eyes on Jesus. You've got to change your focus. You've got to come over and make sure that you're walking in that direction. And one of it's got to be this. You know what your priorities are. Maybe you don't know. Maybe that's what the word of God is about. That's why you need some other people to help you. Because we're just not smart enough to help ourselves. You get the idea? We need each other. Okay. The other one is this, boundaries. That sounds funny, but if, but if you don't have enough guilt for yourself, someone else does, right? If some of you, I got to tell you, if, if, if I were to focus on one part of this message, I would say priorities and boundaries, but I would probably say boundaries is the bigger because most people know what the right thing is. Most people want to let go of the past, but the truth is, is you got a voice in your head or a voice in your ear, or somebody sitting next to you. Don't look at them. But you got somebody sitting next to you that will never, ever, ever let you live down the past. Is that true? And those voices are coming at you with all kinds of guilt messages that say, you will never be any better. You will never be free. You will never get past this. You will always be guilty. You will always hate. They will always be right there, right? It's as if Satan himself has entered that person, right? And is whispering in your ear. You know what the sad part is? Here's what I know. Some of them are dead and gone. All right. I told you about my wife. I'll add one piece of that story today. I didn't intend to say this, but there were some men that did some very bad things to her, and we knew who one of them was. And, and from time to time, we would run into him, and I was so angry. A couple of years ago, he died a really terrible death. Not me. Not me. Can I tell you something? When he died, it didn't help me. Can I tell you what does? Jesus. 
There is no amount of hate. There's no amount of punishment. There's nothing that can release you except Jesus. So honor it, but don't enshrine it. Don't make that who you are. God didn't call you to that. You know what God wants to do? He wants to free you. He wants to set you free from the past. It's not God who's enchained you. So whoever those voices are, you say, I know. And you, I know that I'm going to have to make up for what I've done in the past. But that's not today. You know what i got to do? i got to receive the love of God so I can start to transform. So that I can start to make recompense for my past. But as long as they got you down under guilt, you know what Satan's doing? He's keeping you there so you can't do anything, right? And God is saying you're free. Here's what Hebrews says. Just so, just so, I just want to read one other part to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this. You can write this down. Therefore, since you are, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. You see, he gets it. The past will entangle you. The past will keep you from running. But he says, what do I want you to do? Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. You, you know what the purpose of the past is? So that you can run. You know what the purpose of the people in the past is? So you can run. So, so how do we honor the past? Because some of people need, it, need that, right? There, there's another connotation here of going, sometimes the past is so good that we want to live there. I didn't get there, did I? But that's important. Sometimes we want to get back to the way it was because that was the good old days. And church used to be better when we were back there. And people were better when we were back there. And our country was better when we were back there. And we're focused on the past. And he's saying as long as you're doing that, you're never going to have the future. Because you're always, you're just looking in the rearview mirror thinking, let's just get back there. And you're regretting the future that you have. You're resenting the future that you have. You get the picture? That ain't going to do you any good. Doesn't do God any good. Doesn't do you any good. Doesn't do our country. Doesn't do our church. And we're enshrining the past. You know, a lot, of, a lot of churches have turned into that. And by the way, we could very quickly do that too. After five years, it's very easy for us to enshrine our church the way we did it. Let me tell you how that happens. We start putting little plaques on our chairs and say, that's where our family sits. Get it? We start to say, you know, well, you better not move that because that's how we've always done it. You get it? And we start to make it, we start to marry the methodology and we say, hey, this is how church is done and we can't change anything, you can't move anything, you can't be anything. And what happens is slowly the church isn't a life-giving force, it becomes a museum that we enshrine. And when Jesus comes back, he goes, I didn't call you to be a museum. Right? I didn't call you to enshrine anything, I called you to be a life-giving force. Honor it, but don't enshrine it. You get the picture? Because all of a sudden we start worshiping that instead of the God of the universe. And people aren't able to get anything or even get in, and we start to take people and we enshrine them too. See? Because I used to be able to do certain things, you know? When I was younger, I could do, right? And now, as we get older, we don't like that. And we want people to enshrine us, and they're forgetting about us, and we want people to do that. And you know what it says here in this verse? This is so powerful about the past. It says, no, you're to be the great cloud of witnesses. You get it? Don't let them enshrine you neither. When your time is done, you become the witness, and you push them ahead. Run the race. Get it? So he comes back to a church worth having. (laughs) Of people that are broken and can receive help. Don't, don't let them enshrine us. You, you, get the, you get the picture. Okay. So, next week we'll talk about 
how to live in the here and now. <laughs> that, that God wants to bring heaven here and now. That Jesus is the kingdom of heaven, and he wants to bring heaven into here and now. It's going to be awesome. And then we'll talk about the future and the apocalypse and all that the following week. So it's going to be really great. And then we'll do a series about the end times. People have been asking me for that, and so I'm ready. <laughs> when I'm done, it'll all be real interesting. Might have the apocalypse. Okay. But here's what I want to tell you before we get to any of that. Number one, you've got to put the past in the past. You can't have the here and now without getting that. You can't have the bright future God wants for you without that. We can't run the race as long as the past has tangled us up as if we're in chains. And you know what Jesus wants to do for you today? Set you free. <laughs> Are you ready to be free? You can't have it all today, but here's what you can do. You can start. You know what I do believe? I believe for somebody, the hope of it, being honest about it and coming here today, and just the thought that you could be free, it's going to bring so much joy in your life right this moment that you're not going to believe it. But where God wants to take you to, you have no idea what he can do. <laughs> you have no idea that he could release you from that stuff and use it. Can I tell you something? God could use your greatest hurt and turn it into your greatest ministry. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> you can be free. But it starts like this. Maybe here's what I want to do. I want to invite you do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If you don't, then I'm going to ask you today, would you, would you receive him? Maybe you said, hey, I received him, but I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to go from here. And the truth is, is, is you, like me, when you're in pain, what you need most, you want least, and you've done this. You've pushed everybody out. And you come and you sit in rows, and you think that's going to do it, and it won't. And what you need is you need a group of people to come around you that you open up to. Not, not a hierarchy, not a bishop, not, not, not somebody that can dictate to you, not the guru. What you need is you need the body of Christ to come around you. In our church, we define that as a small group because we say, hey, in this room, you can't get to know everybody right now. If I said, hey, go around the room and introduce yourself to everybody in the room, you know how long it would take you? But the question isn't, do you know everybody? The question isn't, can you pray for everybody? The question is, can somebody pray for you? Can somebody know you? And I'm going to ask you today, sign up for a small group. We're starting them next week. And all I want you to do is write on your box, write on your connection card today, I want to join a small group. And we'll call you this week. And next week we'll get you in one. And it's going to take you some time to get to know people. But here's what I know. What are you going to do when you're by yourself? Can I tell you, the worst delusion about thinking you're going to get past your past is that you think you can fix it yourself. That you think you can be objective with yourself. <laughs> ask me how I know that. <laughs> You know, you know what saves us? God. You know who God uses? People. <laughs> he could have came up with a better plan, right? I mean, I've met some of these people. <laughs> this is what you had. Okay. But you know what? I've thought long and hard about his plan, and here's what I learned. He allows us, broken people, to help each other. <laughs> so... He is smarter after all, isn't he? Here's what I like to do. I'd like to pray for you today. Please, please, please don't not take the next step. Here's what I don't want. I don't want a great message, Pastor. You going to join a group? Nah, maybe next year. We'll see you again later. You know what I mean? 
Some of you guys made a trip back from Easter and you're here for the second time and, and something touched you and it wasn't me, it was God. And he's going, hey, I want you to take the next step, but the next step isn't John, as great as I am. Okay. Huh. So <laughs> make sure you're awake. You're awake. Because I'm not. You, you could do better. Huh. I'm not. Can I say something? Even if Billy Graham himself stood here, he it's not enough. You need those relationships in your life. And I plead with you because i got to tell you what was missing from my life and why it took me. Can I tell you why it took me nearly a decade to come back to faith? To be used of God a decade? I needed people. And I didn't want it. What I needed most, I wanted least. And I wasted 10 years of my life. But God can use that, right? We don't get stuck there. And maybe it's so I can tell you today, don't do that. Come. Maybe you've wasted more time than that. I look at some of you guys. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe, maybe you've been back there 30 or 40 years. And you're going, well, I'm way past that. And God's saying, no, you're not. You come home. Can we stand for prayer? Father God, we come before you today, and Lord, I hope with everything in me that this conveyed, um, I, don't, I don't know, um, but you, you're, you're the one that can speak to the heart. So I'm praying it conveys because I know, coming from a pastor's heart, that I talk to people so much and I counsel people so much, and, and what I see most in the lives of other people and even harder in my own life is, Lord, we're delusional. We think we see the world for what it is, but we don't. We see it through the lens of all this junk. And we need you, God, because we can't even see straight. So I'm praying today, God, that somebody stuck in their past will see straight Jesus for the first time. And I'm praying, God, for the first time they'll say, you know what? I, 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 I can't see straight, so I need some people to help me. And maybe for the first time they reach out and, and they get to be part because they didn't realize that maybe struggling people can help other struggling people. I, never, I always thought that was crazy. But then, pragmatically, Lord, I've seen it work. <laughs> and I've seen it. If there's anything I believe about church, I'll just be honest with you today, God. The only reason why I'm here <laughs> wasn't the stage, wasn't the set, wasn't the music, wasn't the kids, wasn't any of that stuff. It was because one person took the time to care and prayed for me. That's it. That's all I got. When I was at my worst, that's the only thing that was left. And I hope that, Lord, somebody can get that today. So I pray, God, if they don't know you as Savior, that right now, in their own words, they'll, they'll, they'll call out to you and receive you as their Savior. And then I pray, God, give all of us the courage to take the step together because we cannot do this alone. Maybe the ones that maybe fell away, maybe they were part for a time, and then now they fell away and they thought, I can't come back because I'm too ashamed. Or I can't come back because I've messed up everything. Or I can't come back because I have a bunch of resentments because some people hurt me here. I pray, God, that you will help with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the blood of Jesus Christ, to help mend those wounds and bring us back together and help us become the body of Christ. <laughs> if you could do that, Lord, I think you could do anything. And I'm believing you can. So, Lord, you receive all the honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.